Melikilikimaka is the thing to say on a white Hawaiian Christmas day. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to Snow Me the Podcast, episode oh, three. <laughs> Well, you know, Harry, this might be, you know, we might have Hawaiian listeners out there. Cheese Central, okay, off you go. <laughs> now, I've sung now, I've done my bit, it's your turn. <laughs> uh, we are Harry and Lorraine, uh, this is episode three of, as I said, Snow Me the Podcast, as it's the festive season. Uh, today, we'll be talking about all things Stranger Things, and um, we'll have our Flashback Film Club segment as well, and a few extra bits added in also, so stay tuned. Yeah, and um, if you haven't yet listened to episode one or two, then uh, why don't you go back to SoundCloud or iTunes and have a listen. Episode one is getting to know us here in our top five. And episode two is all things Thor Ragnarok. Um, And we've also got two special guests. So um, go give it a listen and then um, get on to uh, episode three, which will be Stranger Things. And I must stress, if you haven't watched Stranger Things... There will be spoilers. There will be. There will be many spoilers. Um, so get watching it. It's one of those um, one of those uh, ep- uh, one of those programs that you can literally binge watch. It's on Netflix. I did it each episode in two settings. What did you do it in Harry? I did the first one in one setting, what and did then you? the second in two. Yeah, so you can com- really. I go do through- have a life. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Um, yeah, so go back and watch them too, um, and then uh, when you've watch them come back and uh, listen to episode three of show with the podcast and let us know what you think yeah do it uh right um so this is a new segment uh, we're gonna have a little bit of a chat about what we've watched uh, recently so lorraine what have you watched recently well the first thing i watched was um a film actually you told me about was called dark places i know her so well I know. She texted me going, I think this will be right up your street. Um, So yeah, it's on Netflix. I'm not actually going to give any spoilers away because if you haven't seen it, I don't want to ruin it. Yeah, we won't be spoiling. Yeah, I won't be spoiling this. Um, But basically it stars um, Charlize Theron, Nicholas Holt, Chloe Grace Moretz and Christina Hendricks. And basically Charlize Theron is now an adult, obviously. And uh, she basically... um, witness was there when her family were murdered her two sisters and uh, two sisters and her mother and her brother was accused of the crime right and it's basically about did he or didn't he do it and um she gets involved in this um this club known as a kill club which they basically investigate um crimes and this one is you would love a club like that maybe <laughs> uh, it's run by Nicholas Holt and um, oh, right, okay. yeah so basically she's like they pay her to come along because you know she she's like they want people them. yeah to them she's a celebrity um, so they, they're trying to basically convince her to go see her brother find out what's happened because right. obviously this is like 20 25 years I think it is later and uh, she still thinks he's guilty and it's basically about whether or not he did this or not and plus there's some other things that he did as a young boy in it and that comes out of whether he actually did it or not right. so it's actually it's actually a really good film if you're into crime thrillers um it's, it's it's not an amazing film it's not out there but it's got a good cast and i would definitely recommend it for you know a sunday evening film that leaves you haunted on Monday. <laughs> leaves you haunted on Monday. Um, you get all the answers at the end, which is good. But yeah, it's, like it's, it's not, you know, 
it's it's not a jolly Christmas film or anything, so I wouldn't go in with any. So maybe watch it in the New Year. Yeah, January maybe movies. after Christmas <laughs> yeah. when you're sad and fat. <laughs> um, but this film, yeah, I'd give it um, three out of five. Oh, okay. yeah, I'd give it three out of five. It's definitely worth a watch, but it's not anything exceptional. Okay. Yeah, I think I have to say my uh, a film that I've watched recently is of the same rating. I'm going to mm. jump straight in there. And again, not exceptional, but I enjoyed watching it and would recommend watch on a Sunday afternoon. <laughs> With a hangover. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's called Burnt. Uh, it's on Netflix at the moment and it's got Bradley Cooper and Sienna Miller and a range of other actors in it. Uh, it's about a chef uh, striving for his third Michelin star and he opens up a restaurant... Uh, with people that he's messed up in the past um he's offended them in the past and oh he opens the restaurant with them yeah there's a whole oh. backstory there which okay. I, won't, I won't ruin um it's really quite intense um especially when it depicts like what it's like to be in uh you know a high a, a well-regarded um kitchen is mm. that what they call it I don't know. This is how much I, I know about the chefdom. The chefdom. <laughs> the chefdom. But I can tell you now, I don't want to be a chef watching this film because my language back at the chef would be atrocious. <laughs> yeah, but chefs do swear, so you yeah. probably fit right in. <laughs> I've never worked with a Maybe chef that hasn't swore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yes, it's, it's very good. Um, in, if you're kind of into... A sort of British, mainly British cast, uh, sort of British sort of vibe film. Um, they don't really go into detail ab- about the food, so it's not kind of a foodie film. It's it's more about the making of the food, if that cool. makes sense. So yeah, watch that. It's good. What would you give that out of five? Uh, I said at the beginning, I'd give it three. Three, three. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, what was your? Have you watched any more? I did. I watched a film last night, uh-huh. and I went old school. I actually rented this. And I'm sorry to disappoint, I did not walk to a video store, <laughs> I which say, I would have I loved to do. I don't think you even can I anymore. <laughs> I know, and I miss that, you know, browsing the shelves to see what you wanted. But no, I rented it from Amazon. This is a bit of a backstory about myself and Lorraine. Uh, during uh, university, as well as doing a film studies degree, we also worked in a film rental store. Um, Blockbusters. Can we say that? Well, I've just said it. Well, she's just said it. Yeah, we worked in Blockbusters. It was amazing. I don't think Blockbusters are anymore. No, I don't think they are. Yeah. But anyway, there were four of us in the house who, that we rented out of five that uh, worked in blockbusters. Worked in blockbusters, so we had forty-three film rentals a week. Yeah, it was pretty good. It was we awesome. were very popular those few years. <laughs> we, weren't we really were. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, sorry, your next film. Well, as I said, I watched it last night, and I may have watched it again today. Okay. Because uh, <laughs> it was so freaking good. I loved it. What was it? B a b y baby. I watched Baby Driver. (laughs) Sorry for your ears. (laughs) Oh my god, it was so good. I swear to God, the open. What I loved about it was, um, like you know, whenever you watch, that's made my Christmas. I know. That's why I didn't (laughs) want to tell you because I wanted to see your reaction. It's like you know when you watch a Tarantino movie and it's got the most amazing soundtrack. And that's one thing. I mean, I love Tarantino movies, but it was his music that I thought was just amazing. Like he really nailed it. And I think Edgar Wright totally totally gets it in this yeah do you know what i mean it's like every it song is like perfect to every scene and that opening scene because like I, tr- I i suggested it to my partner and he was like um you know what i mean and i was like <laughs> please, please please we need to watch this and we Aww. did and like if you've got kids make sure they're away for the night because this is a film that needs volume yes it is you need to be able to turn it up and it, it's loud car scenes music it shooting it's mm. very loud and when that opening scene with bell bottoms and he sat in the car 
It has to be loud. Oh my god! And that car, that car scene, so good. Oh my god! It's like a dance, and I've never. I don't think I. It is like a dance. It is, and I, the whole way through. I was noticing, like, even when he, you know, he do, literally does a dance when he comes out and at the start yeah. he's walking down the street and that was me he's so adorable, that guy. <laughs> he is. Ansel he's up for a... Elgord, yeah. I'll just, sorry, just to interrupt, he uh, got nominated for a Golden Globe Award for Best Actor for that film. Did he? And no, I'm really happy. Yeah, he was, he was so unbelievably likable. Okay, so basically this film is pure action. If you want amazing car scenes, this is it. Um, Kevin Spacey is in it and... He's freaking brilliant. Like, he is a great actor. And unfortunately, what's happened has happened. Yeah. Um, so I did watch it with a bit... Oh, shit. Like, mm. do you know what I mean? But you shouldn't... Even, no matter what your opinion is of this current situation, yeah. Yeah, um, you shouldn't let his part in the film affect your appreciation of the film because hundreds of people... Yeah. had an influence in making this film exactly. and they deserve the credit for it yeah yeah because you can't we're kind of getting to the stage now oh do we mention do we mention yeah. such and such um but no it's it's a really good film and um i i would highly recommend it and i i wish i'd seen it at the cinema if i'm honest with you oh yes, um, you but i I've, I've i've watched it twice already yeah and i only rented it yesterday i'm good so but the music is absolutely amazing mm. it's so good so i mean if if i'd watched this when we did our top five i think i would have put it in oh as my top yeah, five. He's, oh i love you lorraine yeah that's so good <laughs> it's so good that's made me really happy oh. have you got anything tv related i have um i've recently watched a series called godless i tried oh really i think i need to I, i've got it's, halfway through episode one it's a slow burner yeah it really so takes it. it does take a long time mm. to kick in however I'm so glad I watched it to the end. It's got a fantastic finale. Oh, has it? Yeah, yeah. Um, I was a bit, uh, is the word ambivalent, of, um, oh gosh, what's his name? Jeff Daniels. Is it Jeff Daniels? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, being the bad guy, so to speak, in it. Because um, I can't see him as a bad guy. However, I have watched a few things since watching Godless where he's a bit of a shady character. So it felt a bit better in... Um, I think he's an actor that doesn't get enough credit. Well, yeah, he's I one feel of those like guys that, that you probably don't really know much about, and so when he does get a role like that, because you see him kind of as the comedic character, yeah. Like I, I think he's someone that doesn't. I because when I watched, I watched the bit with him, and I do think he's someone that doesn't get enough credit. Yeah, no, I, um, I do feel bad for originally thinking oh, you're not going to make a good bad guy, but throughout he, the entire yeah. series, he gets. He pulls it off. He pulls it off. He gets quite sinister in parts. Mm. Um, And there's some really interesting backstories. Um, This isn't a a spoiler. It's set in a town called uh, La Belle. And this town is predominantly uh, run by women because all the men folk died in a mining accident. And they're beginning to sort of experience what it's like to be the the powerful ones in that period i think it's like 19th century yeah so um yeah it's a really interesting take on sort of i suppose feminism to a degree it's not so much but yeah it's uh but don't let that put you off if you're judgmental that way <laughs> <laughs> have a watch because it's got storylines for both men and women and it, yeah it's a good western so cool yeah oh, it's on netflix uh, well, something TV related, well, on Netflix, should I say that Ooh, I... Sorry, I give it a four out of five as well. <laughs> um, I I don't really know about this this show. Um, it is on Netflix and my partner introduced me to it and we've watched about seven episodes. It's called Big Mouth. 
It's I haven't heard of that. It's an animated one um, by Nick Kroll. It's really strange and I don't know if I like it or not. My partner loves it. He's the one who introduced me to it. And it's basically about these kids at school who one of them has like a monster conscience who's there and it's constantly encouraging them, sorry, but to masturbate. I knew you were going to say that word. (laughs) And it's just, it's just basically about kids growing up, but it's so graphic and it's just like masturbation, period, sex. It's just, oh oh yeah, no, it it doesn't stop. I take it that's not a recommendation. Well, my partner likes it. He loves it. He thinks it's hilarious. And I do laugh actually at some parts of it. And it's very well done Mm. for what they do. It is very well done. It's just a specific But I'm not going to mark it out of five because I don't know because I just... I'm so confused by it, <laughs> if do. I'm honest with you. I really am. Um, but I'm I'm still watching it with him. But I do fall asleep because we always watch it in bed at night. Oh. Um, but yeah, it's um, it's a strange one. Okay. So maybe give it a go if you're into boy adolescent humor. I think that's the best way to describe it. Um, but yeah, I'm on the fence. I'm not sure. Mm, so. I don't... It doesn't sound like... I don't think you'd like it, no. But Dev Dev thinks it's hilarious. He watched season one and then got me to watch it with him, so... Okay. Yeah, so I don't know. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'll come back to you in a couple of weeks on your review of that. You're you're out of five rating for that then. Yeah, maybe. Um, Okay, so... uh, Oh, I've got one more. Oh, sorry. (laughs) How rude. (laughs) Sorry. Um, I have one more. (laughs) <laughs> um, I saw The Disaster Artist like, recently at the cinema. I've never heard of that. Uh, uh, well, you might not have, um, but it's um, it's a film directed and starring James Franco as... Uh, oh, I have heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as uh, Tommy Weissout, and he's a real-life guy. He um, funded, wrote, and directed a film called uh, The Room, which is notoriously known as the worst movie ever made. Um, and he's even worse than Edward movies. No, well, this is what it's uh, often compared to. Oh, um, okay. But it's got a whole cult following now. There's okay. like screenings which Tommy Wiseau and Wiseau, Wiseau, something like that. Yeah. And the other guy, I can't remember his name. Dave. Dave Franco. No, no, no. He plays his character. I've forgotten his name. I do apologise if you. Oh, is, is Dave in it? His brother. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All he right. plays this other guy. Um, basically, Tommy Wiseau befriended this actor, this wannabe actor took him under his wing and he's re- and Tommy Wiseau is a really eccentric character and this guy's kind of in awe of his confidence uh, and it's how they kind of go to LA try to be actors and fail and they're like well we'll make our own film mm. or more Tommy is and he kind of just pushes this guy along but it's really interesting and it's a true story and Dave and, James- Dave and James Franco are fantastic in it more so the latter I think because he's mm. in prosthetics and he's doing an accent and and everything but um I took my partner along and he didn't have a clue what the room was I I knew bits from watching various things yeah but um we've been quoting it all week it's yeah because we saw it last Saturday and it's um Friday today but um yeah it's one to watch I think because it's it's sad it's funny and it's totally bizarre so if that's what you're into watch it I give it four out of five cool I'll have to check that out yeah when it comes to DVD, <laughs> I mean Amazon, <laughs> VHS, Aww. Beta. What's Beta? Betamax. Eh? Our video recorder growing up was Betamax. Isn't that a, that was a brand, isn't it? Like, it was Betamax videotapes, yeah. 
You would do a Betamax <laughs> or VHS. Okay. Sure. It's a real thing. <laughs> no, no, I believe you. I just, I'm trying to think of, I swear there's a theme tune, you know, like with Sega, it's Sega. But I, I swear Betamax. <laughs> I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, right then. Um, we're going to get on to the n- next segment, which is uh, some feedback from our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, you haven't explained this feedback to me yet. What is yeah, it? Well, recently, is there a reason? <laughs> there is a reason. Okay. <laughs> recently, um, <I'm> scared <laughs> on uh, Twitter, uh, as the Show Me the Podcast Twitter feed, I uh, retweeted um, a uh, post by another film person uh, who would, uh, and they were talking about. Um, to that day being uh, the celebration of two uh, James Bond films. And oh. I retweeted it saying, those are my favourite James Bond films. And my co-host here, Lorraine, jumped on the bandwagon and went, basically, screw those. It's all about Moonraker. And it is. It was almost a divorce right there, I have to say. Um, <laughs> but uh, she's shaking her head. But um, somebody else picked up on this tweet. One of And our- agreed that Moonraker was the best one. No, no, they did not. They actually messaged us and said, basically, they respect what they we They must say. have messaged you privately because I have no <laughs> recollection of such messages. Yes, they did. They're a colleague. <laughs> <laughs> is this Luke? <laughs> it is. This is Mr. <sighs> Luke Harrison. Uh, he basically said he re- will refuse to review us on iTunes if you don't renounce your love for Moonraker. And we need those reviews, people. We need them. So put the pressure on her now. <laughs> I stay true to myself at all times, Luke. Moonraker is the best motherfucking James Bond film out there. Bullshit. (coughs) So do you know what you can do? I'm only messing. Please leave us a review. No, no. No, I do. I really like it. I love Jaws. He is in another Bond film, by the way. Which one? Oh, oh, bollocks. Um, It's not A View to Kill. It's another one. But he's in it. He is. Okay, so I'll have to look. Screw at it. Moonraker and watch that one and pretend no, that's your favorite. I love Moonraker. Okay, what is it about it that you love? I don't remember. I just remember <laughs> that I love it. No, I just love. I love. I love Jaws in it. I think he's you a love Bond in space. No, I love Jaws. <laughs> I love Jaws. <laughs> I love Jaws. <laughs> then go watch the film about the sharks. <laughs> I love that film too. I do love that film. Anyway. Yeah, <laughs> but no, I do. I. I, I there's so many Bond films anyway. You've got to let people have <laughs> their favourite. And it doesn't have to be... Yeah, but that is be... notoriously known as the worst one. Well, then I like the worst Bond film out there. She said it, people. I've said it. <laughs> and I stand by my choice. Gluck, 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 gluck. I'm going to have a drink <laughs> Oh, by the way, if you can hear jingling, it's not because you've got some random cat hidden in your room. It's <laughs> my hat, my Christmas hat. I'm dressed as an elf. <laughs> yes. And Lorraine Santa. I am Santa. So be good. <laughs> Luke, or you won't get any presents until <laughs> Christmas tree. Oh, <laughs> poor Luke. Uh, I kind of forgotten the theme tune. <laughs> Is that your Stranger Things? <laughs> yeah. Sounds exactly the same. I know, uncanny. <laughs> um, it's time for Stranger Things. All things Stranger Things. Freaking love it. <laughs> This was created uh, by the Duffer Brothers. They sometimes write and direct episodes also. And uh, it's executively produced by Sean Levi? Levy? 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 That guy. He's really smiley. He seems nice. (laughs) He is very smiley. (laughs) 
So Stranger Things is set in the 80s, 1983, in a small town called Hawkins in Indiana. Um, it's basically about a young boy who goes missing after having a game of Dungeons and Dragons with his friends over at one of their houses. He's on his way home and he basically disappears. And while uh, searching for him, uh, various people start to come across uh, strange happenings mm -hmm. that are going on within their small town that they weren't really aware of. Uh, secret experiments, supernatural forces. And then it basically all kicks off when a little girl known as Eleven mm -hmm. um, is discovered by these uh, by these three boys as they're looking for their friend. Yep. And um, once she's discovered, various things start happening that will eventually lead us to find out what has happened to Will, who is the young boy who went missing. <laughs> I didn't say his name. <laughs> Yeah, you. Uh, it, it starts off, um, the first episode starts off with the four boys um, playing Dungeons and Dragons. You've got Will, Mike, Dustin um, and Lucas. Dustin and Lucas. Um, and Will uh, cycling home and there's a strange being um, following him and you basically get the impression that he's either been killed or abducted. Yeah. You don't know. You don't know at this stage. Um, no, you don't know at this stage. And then his mum, who's played by... Winona Ryder. Which is a big comeback for her because we haven't really seen anything with her for a long time. And she was a huge 80s star. Yeah, yeah, very good casting there. Yeah, um, she does the part well. Yeah, she uh, gets involved, obviously wanting to find out where her son is. And then Police Chief Hopper comes uh, along and he's also got a sad backstory. So it, it it's the development of all these characters and their families. Lorraine. Yeah. Who's your favourite character? I'm just going to go straight in there. Jim Hopper. The, the chief, the chief of police. Yeah, he's a good one. To, but to be fair, I've watched um, Stranger Things twice now. And when I watched him first in season one, I wasn't overly fond of him. I thought he was a bit of a dick, really. Um, and then I watched him in two and I loved him in season two. But then I went back and watched one again and I just loved him. <laughs> I think I think I didn't really see him for who he was in the first time yeah. I watched season one. Um, but he's he's definitely my favourite I love him in it. I think he's just brilliant. He is a great character. And he's got, not to sound cheesy, he's got quite a lot of depth. And I think on a yeah. second viewing of both the series, yeah. you, you see that a lot more. Yeah. And appreciate do. it a lot more. Yeah, it's definitely something you can watch more than once. Oh, yeah. Which yeah, is what yeah. I like about Who's your favourite character? Out of um, I, I did like, I do like Hopper. But in season one, I'd say he was. But in the second season... He's come a little bit out of the left field, and that's Steve. I just think... Oh, Steve. I just love his character arc, mm. uh, development. I think it's great. Um, the whole big brother thing towards the end of season two, I just love that, and I'm glad that came into it, because I think it... Uh, because of the way that the show is, especially with its 80s sort of homage, mm. the throwback to, like, the Goonies and, um, yeah. you know, the brother in that, kind of going along in the end and trying to look after his brother, it kind of felt like that to me, and I like that. I love the Goonies. So. Everybody loves the Goonies. <laughs> and speaking of the Goonies, the casting of Sean Astin in this season was Oh, oh I thought it was brilliant. Good. And he actually was only meant to be in it for a short while, but they they uh, grew his character a bit more because of and how... They killed him. <laughs> well, no, but he was in it a lot more than what he was supposed oh, to be. Because okay. he was only supposed to be kind of like a little bit in it for a little while. But because he was so loved and he was doing such a good job yeah. that they actually kept him in it for longer. And I, I thought his character was brilliant i was actually really sad that they killed him off because it was a sad death yeah no it was because he i think he was a bit of um a light relief 
Yeah. Because he didn't really know what was going on, but yet he was still willing to like help within this completely bizarre family. You kind of felt... You kind of felt you. You kind of felt a bit safe with him in yeah. the scene, didn't yeah. you? Because he was oblivious to it all. Yeah, and it was nice to kind of feel that way. <laughs> yeah, no, like, it was. I never felt scared for him at any point. In fact, I felt like he'd be the hero. And then at that one point, he was becoming one. But then I was like, "Fuck, they're gonna kill him." And yeah, yeah. they did. So, no, I, 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 I wish they hadn't killed him. I thought he was he was great. But um, you were saying about um, Steve. Mm. Um, yeah, in season one when he. Like, he's the popular kid in school, so he's, you know, he's a bit of a dick. Like, mm. do you know what I mean? And, you know, he breaks Jonathan, who is Will, Jonathan's camera, who is Will's brother. Yeah. Um, and he's actually going out with Mike's sister, Nancy. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, she slowly, you know, is thinking he's being a bit of a dick herself, doesn't she? So she kind of starts going towards Jonathan. Yeah. Not in so much a romantic manner, but... There is a bit of a, a bit pretty of a and pink love, and tri- love, and love triangle there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've seen three quarters of that film, so I know there are <laughs> Definitely a love triangle going on there. <laughs> but yeah. But um, yeah, so in, in, in the first one, I think, when you were saying in the second one, how he completely redeems himself, mm. I think that's... Uh, but I think he does even towards the end of season one, when he, he shows does. up at the... Yeah, because they while Jonathan and Nancy are trying to capture the monster yeah obviously he comes over to apologize and he then then continues to help them doesn't he yeah yeah so yeah no i i like him um he yeah he starts off a bit crap but i think it's more he's just doing what he thinks he has to do rather than who he wants to be because of this nice side that comes out but then in obviously season two you have the introduction of billy yes who takes over from that role very well although he's a lot worse yeah, he's a nasty guy. Because he wants to be like that, whereas Steve, you can tell, is a bit... He holds back a little bit. He wants to be like that, but then he also doesn't. You kind of reveal that he's kind of conditioned that way by his dad. Don't you? Yeah, I suppose. But I didn't... I mean, I I know they kind of needed a human bad guy element to it, because you've obviously got the, um, the other beings from the Upside Down, who yeah. are the, the, you know, the bad guys, and you've got the scientists as well who... Who aren't necessarily that bad in this season. Well, in season one, Dr. Brenner is. Yeah. yeah. yeah, Played by Matthew Modine. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But he, yeah, he's like the human bad element in this, but Mm. it didn't translate massively well. I thought they were going to take it to an even darker place, and I'm glad they didn't. But his relationship with with Max, I thought, was perhaps going to be a bit more sinister. And that's not what I wanted, and I'm glad it didn't turn that route. But, yeah, it just fell a bit short for me. Oh, but I thought he was horrible. No, he was vile. horrible, yeah. but I was just kind of like, he's just a bit of a scene filler sometimes. Okay. Especially, like, towards the end. Whether he's got more to come in the next seasons, if he's, three, yeah. if he's in it. I did like the scene, though, where um, the sister has, you know, gone. They don't know where she is. Mm. And he goes over to Mike's house. Yeah, that was funny. the mum comes down just out of the bath. And he's there charming her. Looking and like she's the front look- cover. Of the yeah, I know. Yeah. She's looking at his butt. And I just thought, I, d- I thought that was quite funny, actually. Mm. Again, a little bit of a light relief yeah. to quite a dark show. Yeah. But again, I mean, you probably, I mean, I've watched the film, but you'd probably get the reference. You got the reference before I even did. And you said he was like um, Rob Lowe Rob in Lowe St. Elmo's yeah. I mean, he looked so like him. And I seen him in an interview with Kevin Smith. And he said that he was told to actually go and watch The Shining. 
to mm. you know look at Jack Torrance, you know, played by You're Jack right. Nicholson. One um, of Lorraine's top five films of life so far. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> um, which you know he's not quite Jack Nicholson. He's not that that far gone. No, as in the Shining character. But um, I think he's pretty messed up, and I I think he. I don't know if it, I mean I don't think he will now, but like you said, I actually did think he could go a lot darker than yeah. what he did. Yeah. You know. So, but I like you. You know, nobody needs to see that. No. <laughs> you and know? I'm glad they didn't. No. Do that. No. But he did. He was. I mean, he was great casting, and he looked like I said, Rob Lowe, exactly like the hair, the the way he stood, the way he talked, the way he was with women. It was completely Rob Lowe, except. In Sam's Fire, Rob Lowe wasn't so psychotic. He was <laughs> yeah. just a bit crazy. He's a bit sad, really. <laughs> a bit sad, yeah. But so I think he's a bit sad too because, you know, he... You do feel a little bit sorry for him yeah. when you realise what his dad's like. Yeah, his dad's uh, not nice. And then he goes and does that to Steve and you're like, no, I'm glad you got a bit beaten up by your sister. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. But, um... Not that I endorse violence. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm ever so sorry, but I'm going to have to take the jingle off. Because my head's getting really hot. Really hot. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll take mine off too. My Santa hat. We're still um, festive, though. We're still festive. We're still very festive. So, how did what did did you feel like this uh, show really represented? Kind of all the way through for me, ET. Yes, especially in this season, this season, the second season. Sorry. Well, I felt more with season one. Because basically, the way they um, she obviously comes in. And, you know, they don't know where she's from. She's got all these powers. And plus, oh, the yes, way they dress true. her up in the blonde wig, yeah. the way they're on the bikes, the way they're getting from the government, the way, rather than flying off into the air, that she flips the van. I mean, I just... and But one thing, I don't feel like it's... While it's very similar, I don't feel like it's copying and trying to get away with it. Oh, n- nobody will know. I yeah. just think it's a great homage to a lot of these 80s films, the yeah. way that they put it in. But I think E.T., for me, is the main, yes, the main film. Yeah, you're right. I think there's also an element, well, quite obviously in one scene, and especially in the second season, um, of Close Encounters of the Third Kind yeah. by um, Spielberg. Especially with the way the mum is um, mm. in her... She's almost a bit like I can't remember the character's name now, but she was almost a bit like the the female character in Close Encounters, yeah. where she's just like desperate to know what's, what's going yeah. on and where her child is and stuff. Yeah. Um, and also that scene where Will in the second series, where Will gets out of bed and he sees the light through the door, and he's like, "Oh my god, that's straight out of Close Encounters." Um, so yeah, I I see. I mean, there's lots of films in there, but I think those two would be the main two, E.T. and encounters that they reference oh and the, and the goonies as well stand by me stand by me little references here and there to yeah a lot of aliens things. nightmare on Street. yeah no there's there is there is lots there um but i think they're done in a really uh complimentary way to the actual oh, original yeah. film it's not like it's never like we're doing it and we're doing it better it's no no it's like just we totally love yeah. you and we're honoring you in yeah this in this form. yeah yeah which and i think for people you know you know, who grew up in the 80s or even people now who have been introduced to all these films in the 80s. I think, you know, that's why, that's why for me anyway, a lot of this, I like it because I love that whole genre. Yeah. And I think, you know, they do it so well. Like it's, it's like you're back in the 80s, but with, you know, it's a bit more technologically (laughs) enhanced, you know. It suits our modern, yeah, sort of the present day cinematic Mm. scope. 
mm. but has that element. Definitely. But the... still, st- like, but because the intro, oh, like God, the music at the start. As soon as I saw that in the first series, yeah. the first time I watched it, yeah. I got goosebumps. I was just like, Ooh, and I actually get annoyed now because when you watch it on Netflix it now does that skip intro and it just does it automatically oh does it it's been doing that automatically and I'm like no I want you to must listen. be able to turn it off because I can oh can you yeah. okay cool because I'm like I want to listen to it yeah because I just love it I mm. think it's really good but um someone actually that we haven't discussed um which I think is a big part of it is uh Barb yeah I <sighs> just that was one I mean it they did it very well with how they got the justice for barb in the second series with the storyline yeah and no offense to barb but i couldn't give a shit (laughs) i mean it was awful the way she went and she was nancy's best friend and you know if i were nancy i'd probably feel the same but she was a bit of a throwaway character for me in the first season and i'm and i don't get the whole hashtag justice for barb thing i was just like yeah she's done that's a bit harsh. I'm so sorry. I don't God mean it. help me if I get taken by some monster. Dude, I'd be like, you're just some throwaway character. <laughs> you are not my throwaway character. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, d- I don't know. If well, maybe the whole point of Barb, I don't know, this is just me going off here, um, is the fact that, obviously, when Barb goes missing, Nancy's with Steve. Yeah. And Jonathan is there taking photographs. Yeah. And then when he has the pictures, you know, Steve rips him up, breaks his camera, and then she picks up. Do you remember she picks up a pile of the photos? And then she starts to piece together what happened. And then she starts, you know, interacting more and more with Jonathan. So maybe it's more to do with their relationship building a little bit rather than poor Barb. Maybe she's just a bit of a pawn to get them to. Yeah. Together. I have to say, and I, I normally like like the whole romance thing, but I'm I'm not fussed about Nancy and Jonathan. They don't float my boat. <laughs> well, actually, I I actually agree with you on that because I I think when I'm watching this, I I know it may be a bit. I mean, I I think they're needed, but. I'm more interested in what the boys are doing. Yeah, I think a lot of and, screen and time. And Hopper. Yeah. And Joyce and Bob. I just want to know, because their their stuff is a bit more exciting. Although I did, I must admit, the scene with Jonathan and uh, Nancy, when she goes through the tree, I yeah, thought no, that was good. That was great. But again, it wasn't, uh, I think they had, and it, you know, it could probably amount to the same amount of time, but I felt in this season too, that they had more screen time. And I, I, I kind of wandered off my head a little bit during Well, that. I thought that, actually, saying that about season two, I thought that um, Eleven wasn't present enough in no. season two. No, she wasn't. And I, then they devoted that whole episode to it. They spaced it out completely wrong, I think. Yeah, her. no, I, I kind of was wondering. I remember thinking, um, I was watching, I remember thinking, oh, she mustn't have spent much time with the cast because she just wasn't there. And she's kind of, for me, like the main character. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. But then I suppose the big reveal at the end of season two, I was like, oh my God, she's back. She's back. Oh, when she walked through that door. Yeah, that was pretty epic. That was epic. No, it was. No, I, I just thought that she, like, I think the whole way through when she gets mad and she wants to meet um, Mike and he won't let her. And I wanted her to meet him. Um, and then when she went to the school and she nearly met him, mm. I when I seen that reveal, I was glad she didn't. Although I wanted it the entire time. And yeah. it wasn't like episode eight. It's the end of episode eight. End of episode eight. And there's only one more episode then after that, isn't there? Um, Yeah, so I I kind of all the way through was thinking, where's Eleven? Because I wanted more of Eleven in it. 
because I think she's such a good character. She's great. She is amazing. Um, and I like her, like, I while I liked Max, I did like Max. Yeah, I I, Max. I thought she was good. And I, part of me, like, you, like the way um, uh, Eleven treated her when she actually did meet <laughs> yeah. her was a bit mean. But at the same time, I was kind of like going, you're not Eleven. You can't be in this game. Because <laughs> I did like Eleven with the boys. I thought she was brilliant with them. And Max, while she was good, she wasn't quite there. I think the thing with Max is... Whereas Eleven was the girl with the boys, hmm. Max isn't. She's like a tomboy. She's the, she's she wants to be one of the lads, and that's her frustration because they're yeah. not allowing her, her to, to be in the gang. Yeah. yeah, one of them is treating her like. Yeah, they are quite mean to her. I they think are. they need to kind of like um, Mike. Yeah, Mike's really, really mean to her. <laughs> but he's, and it's definitely revealed in the last episode. He's going through. A lot of time yeah, in a turmoil, is, and yeah. I I completely got that off the bat. I, I got why he was a dick. Obviously, yeah. I, from her point of view, I was like, Ooh, what a knob. But but yeah, the other boys. Lucas is the only one who's nice to her, and obviously that. He's but really, he, I feel Lucas is kind of the voice of reason through the whole thing. Yeah, he's definitely he's the, definitely the voice of reason. Like Dustin's like as I think you said it like chunk and sloth from the Goonies with. Uh, um, what's, what's I said that off air, but yeah. <laughs> oh, what's, his, what's his creature called? The, what oh, did he call um, it? Dart. Dart, yeah. Um, yeah, the way when he gives him the new Chocolate. Bit. <laughs> Chocolate. <laughs> yeah, it is totally. Hey, yeah. you guys. <laughs> he, he is. He's, and I love Dustin, and he's not a chunky monkey in any way, oh. but he is kind of a bit of the chunk character in it, mixed yeah. with a few of the characters. Yeah. But um, in, the, in the few scenes, I thought, are they referencing the Goonies there with yeah. that? <laughs> yeah no he's um yeah because it's kind of like mike is like the emo one and then lucas is like the grown-up voice of reason one yeah. and uh dustin is like the comedic he's like friend. a bit of mouth a bit of chunk yeah <laughs> yeah no but i do i do i i i did think that um i wanted more of 11 in it because I kind of, I ended up, I actually at points I forgot about her. No, I, I completely, I, and I was, was like, oh my exactly God, where's, and then when she was there, I was like, oh, it's 11. And I felt like, like, I, I liked that she went and met her mum, mm. um, as sad as that was. What are the right? Rainbow. I know. Sunflower. So oh, so, so sad. So sad. Um, but then they did episode seven, which. It just felt like they were striving really hard to kind of make an X-Men vibe out of it. And it just didn't no. work it was just and it wasn't for me i mean i was watching it and i kind of appreciated it but then i realized i was like oh my god i'm watching stranger things it just mm. felt like a completely different show and yeah. and it and i don't think that they needed uh, well sorry duffer brothers i think you're great but i think you've got better writing in you because they didn't need to write um, Eleven's arc in that way. She could have found that yeah. that way of finding her in a rage, her way of channeling her power in a different way. She could have found it like with her aunt or something. Yeah, you know, when which I thought was what she was going to do. Yeah, I know. And then yeah. they, and then it just went a bit off kilter. And I don't know whether they were trying to do that so they could do a sep- like a spin off series. Like, are they going to be in season three? I really hope not. Yeah, but I ma- well, I don't mind. I don't if, mind the girl. Yeah, I don't mind eight. eight. Yeah, I don't Carly. mind her, but the rest of them. Yeah, they can fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Harsh words. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I think, um, yeah, I think with Eleven, definitely, she wasn't used enough. 
I'd probably ju- it'd probably just be me wanting to see more of her. I just thought, you know. I think throughout it felt like she wasn't used enough, but then at the end, with yeah. the impact of her reveal, I thought it worked. But yeah, I suppose they needed to do that to make the impact of the reveal more. Yeah. Of an impact. <laughs> I thought they could have, perhaps they could have been a bit more like development behind the scenes. I know with the way they did it in the house, there probably wasn't much scope for that, but it just could have done, uh, yeah, yeah, better next time. (laughs) That's our little tip. Do it better next time. You're doing a great job, but, you know. (laughs) No, I am. Apparently, uh, season three isn't out until 2019. This makes me so sad. I know. Mm. Like Game of Thrones. And they're all going to be a bit older then as well. So well, hopefully they're age like the Harry Potter kids because I remember that there mm. was talk about changing them, but luckily they actually aged very well with regards to what age they were. They didn't all of a sudden look <gasps> 17 when they were 12. Like so. Slight side note. Today, I went to buy some alcohol and the woman at the counter looked at me and went... And then she went, no, yeah, you don't need it. <laughs> I was just like, oh. oh. <laughs> yeah, well... I got ID'd last year, didn't I? Yeah, she did. (laughs) At 42. (laughs) Just saying. Well. (laughs) Sorry, back to Stranger Things. Yes. (laughs) What's your opinion on um, the scientists in the second season compared to the first season? So you've... Oh, Dr. Owens. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, no, he... um, I think he's a lot more sympathetic this time oh yeah um because uh dr brenner in season one was very you're here for a purpose yeah you're and so, yeah. that's all you're here for um whereas um dr owens is um you know he he like he helps them out a bit more like you know when he he helps 11 he's out, trying to fix the problem yeah he's trying to sort the problem out and even when um you know the monsters are coming through. He helps uh, Bob's character get through. He helps um, Eleven with getting her birth certificate. And, you know, so you can tell, like, he's got some compassion there. Yeah. And he helps Will. He tries to help Will quite a lot, doesn't he? But you're not sure at the beginning, are you? No, no, I I, I thought he was. Because, um, like, we were talking about films that influence this. And Aliens um, is one. And uh, Paul Reiser, who plays Dr. Owens, was mm. actually in Aliens. But he, he was a company man in that too, but he wasn't as nice. Um, <laughs> he, you know, he gets killed. So, you know, <laughs> you get what you deserve. Shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, shit happens. Um, yeah, but in this, no, he's a, he's a lot. I, I like him in this, but like you said, I wasn't sure how it was going to go because you could tell he was a replacement um, for Dr. Brenner and you thought he was going to be the same way. But as the episodes go on, you realise that, you know, while he is there for a reason you know his job he also realizes that how oh, hang on a second this isn't right yeah and he starts trying to make it to fix it make it better yeah to sort it out mm. so but i i liked him and i thought he did a really good job and i hope he's in season three i think he will be mm. one way definitely or i think good that good cast what's one thing about the show like they seem everyone they've cast i really like well there's a theory that modine's character's coming back so i wonder if there's a oh a conflict of power in terms of but didn't he get killed we well, don't you didn't see it necessarily. yeah you just seen him being perhaps attacked. he's being a douchebag in the other upside down or something yeah mm. oh that'd be interesting yeah because he's he's really not nice he has no interest he just wants th- there were touch there were touches of 
I mean, from from um, Eleven's point of view, with you know Papa him being that character, there were touches of him, you know, for seeing it from her point of view is that he's, you know, he he takes compassion on her, especially when she doesn't want to be put in that cell, and he picks her up and carries her. But then from an outsider's point of view, like you mother budget. Yeah, he's basically an abusive parent. Yeah, no, I yeah, mean, he, yeah, yeah, totally. No, he is. But I think she might perhaps feel a bit conflicted if he comes back as yeah, well. Yeah, of course she will, because what, what's that phrase when um, people... S- Stockholm Syndrome. Stockholm Syndrome, yeah. yeah. So, But no, we, I think I think he um, was a good good addition to it. Yes, he was, yeah. I, I quite like that he was a nice guy this time. Yeah. Um, but I think there's plenty of stuff to come from that lab in, in the next series, perhaps. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do, because like, but I was the same with the end of season one. I was like, what are they going to do? Yeah. Um, but they actually, you know, I mean, season two was a really good, good uh, season with the introduction of new characters, and uh, what they did with Will, very The Exorcist. He was so good as well. That yeah, Noah. What's his name? Snap. Snap. That's it. He acted that whole role very well. Yeah. No, he he did. Um. He like the way that monster took him over. I suppose that's like we said, the Exorcist, um, and the way it was Elexical. able to <laughs> Elexical. and the way um, you know it was able to control him to get him to do those things where those people got killed. You know, it told him what to do. Um, yeah, and that then scene it, was dark. It was really dark, and I I like the way um, like with Joyce because you know she you can tell with her she's such a caring parent mm. and she adores her boys. Um, and you know the way when he likes it cold, so she completely heats the house up yeah. and does everything she can oh to make God. him as uncomfortable as possible. That scene where he grabs her neck, I was like, "Dude, that's Winona Ryder." <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I, I I thought her her deep rooted love to to go that far to get mm. her boy back was awesome. I thought it was great. I like I like towards the end of season two as you you've kind of got through the other references to films you know you've got the goonies and spielberg all those kind of it you know all the yeah. kind of references there and then it kind of goes really john hughes-esque at the prom and i just love that Aww. when dustin's like sat there crying i was like oh. and nancy comes up and dances yeah and there was a lot of lovely elements to the end of the season and i liked that i wasn't i i didn't think it was going to end like that i actually thought once you know just before that, I thought it was going to end there. So I thought it was a nice little touch. Well, no, I because I remembered from the first season that Mike was just like, maybe you could come to the snowball oh, with me. And did, I yeah. thought, I wonder if they're yeah. going to end it with the snow. And, and they did. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I thought that was a nice little touch, the way, you know, Lucas ends up with Max. Because, mm. like, Dustin fancies Nancy, doesn't he? So he yeah. gets that dance. Yeah. 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 And um, then, obviously, Eleven comes in. So, yeah, no, I thought it was... Um, and Will gets asked. Yeah, I thought it was a nice little touch at the end. Yes, definitely. So definitely. what do you think is going to happen um, in season three? Again, like the end of season two, I ha- end of season one, sorry, I hadn't, I haven't a clue. I I don't know. I don't know what they can do with it. My mind isn't that good. <laughs> I have a feeling, and I might be wrong, but I reckon something's going to happen with Dustin taking a turn. Because that... Oh, because he, he took... Yeah. Well, both him and Hopper. Yeah. Took in that spray or whatever from the upside down horrible. So they may get some sort of power. I don't know, and I wonder if um, 
will an 11 who might become kind of family have a bit of a, a power off as well because i reckon will i reckon his i don't think he's finished necessarily with being a conduit for no down. or because no, at the end they showed it didn't they yeah yeah because that mind flare is that what yeah. it's called he's got plans yeah because they showed it at the end didn't they um yeah. were they coming back so yeah no i, I definitely think that will yeah will be used i loved the design of the mind flayer yeah he was so creepy and his enormous uh, enormity i uh, just thought of the war of the worlds when i seen it there at oh the God, end yeah, of course. definitely war of the worlds yeah all oh, that terrified me yeah those big long legs and they build all the blood and stuff yeah mm. no no i'm looking for it i i can't believe though it's going to be in 2019 that sucks Get your act into gear, people. Do you think it's going to be another Halloween situation? I wish. It, I hope it would be a. Ooh, it would be nice if they do it earlier in the year, and it's not like Halloween based or something. No, yeah. no definitely. I w- I want it next week. I want it now. <laughs> I want to go home tomorrow. Patience is a virtue. No, I've got to wait for Walking Dead. I've got to wait for Game of Thrones, and now I've got to wait for. Yeah, I think it sucks that we have to wait Strange for two things. of the best film uh, TV shows. Yeah, Game well, of I, Walking Dead is February, but like you know, Game of Thrones is nineteen. Yeah. And now Stranger Things. Maybe, maybe 2018 will be the film for year uh, the year of film again because like yeah. 2017 has very much been TV is hot. Yeah, you know, definitely, I agree. So I wonder if that will be the case, and we'll be talking about a lot more films in the uh, yes. coming year. <laughs> well, we did say film and TV. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's not even TV, film and Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> Occasionally Amazon Prime, I'm on that as well. And Amazon, me too. <laughs> I have to say, I think it's great that they've been uh, nominated for all those awards for the mm, SAG, the SAG and Awards, Globes. Yeah. It's nice that it's been recognised. Because mm. I think I'm getting the sense that people are getting a bit like, hang on, why are all these TV shows sort of, you know, in the fall running for a lot of stuff? And it's like, because they're worthy of it. Well, I think TV now is seen in a different way. I remember years ago, it was kind of like, you know, the big time actors, they didn't do TV. Mm. And now the biggest stars TV are definitely having its moment doing TV shows like but there's I think the TV shows now are just so you know that they're so you, you're captured like do you know what I mean yeah. you just sit there and you you like with things like Netflix you get to binge watch it so you get to watch it in one fell swoop with things like yeah. The Walking Dead unless you're you know haven't watched it before you know you have to wait every week and you do wake every week you know, you're literally wishing your week away because you want to know what bloody happened. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's insane. But they, And they're making huge stars. Like, while we knew who Andrew, Andrew Lincoln was, who we knew who Norman Reedus was, now everybody knows who they are. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? From, you know, not just Love Actually or, you know, what was it? The Boontown... Do- Boondog Saints. Yeah. Yeah. Boondog, is it? Boondog. Boondog Saints, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, now you know them because of... He's in an episode of Charmed as well. <laughs> <laughs> Jeffrey Dean Morgan, he was in uh, in a few things. I remember him from uh, seen Watchmen, Grey's Anatomy. Oh yeah, Denny. Yeah, he was so nice in that. <laughs> Not so, no, but I, I must admit, I love. Ne- Actually, no, I'm going to go up. We'll do a Walking Dead one at some point because well, I, could, I need to catch up. Yeah, because I could talk about that forever. Um, but yeah, so I think TV now, it's just as big as movies. Mm. You know, and like you said, like when you go in and watch a movie, you get to see it from from start to finish. And I think now when you go in to watch Netflix, you know, Netflix, uh, an original, 
you know, Orange is the New Black, Stranger Things, you can sit and watch it from start to finish. Or if you haven't watched certain things, you can go back onto Sky and watch the box sets and watch it from start to finish. I think storytelling is changing ever so... Not necessarily changing, but I think people's appreciation of storytelling is Mm. changing. You, I mean, it's... We obviously love film. Yeah. But... I think the cinematic scope of and the writing, we're kind of being given a, a longer, lengthier platform to appreciate it. It's not like oh, have a couple of hours and that's your that's your fill. It's actually like have these eight fantastic hours. We'll exactly. put the money behind yeah. this for you, and people are beginning to really appreciate that because it's and some eight amazing hours. Yeah, it's not like four good hours with a few bits in between. Yeah. It's yeah. actually. It, it, that's what I, that's what I meant by the fact that now you know when when we when season three of Stranger Things comes out, yeah, we will be able to sit down and watch that like a film if you have eight or nine hours to spare. Yeah, which to be honest with you, nowadays on a Sunday people will do on an evening people will do. Yeah, you know, or they do it in two settings. To you know what I mean? So yeah. people will do that. So you not know, in a healthy, sense, but. sorry, <laughs> not necessarily healthy. <laughs> well, no, do you know, maybe, every now yeah. and again, I don't oh, yeah, think it's yeah. such a bad thing. You know, to kind of sit and relax you know and I, I will do it probably in two cents no same i think it's it, i think it's yeah it's part of our culture and to mm. deny it is you know you gotta go with go with the times exactly so yeah so if you haven't yet seen stranger things you probably shouldn't have been listening to this yeah. um and if you have seen it then like us you're probably really excited about uh, season three and uh, drop us a line and which we will give you all the details at the end of the show and let us know your thoughts. And if you've got any questions, then feel free to ask or if you've got any insight into what we've been saying and we can add, then let us know. Right on. Right on. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, is there anything that you're looking forward to watching coming up? Uh, I am actually... I am looking forward to. Um, I haven't actually seen any other films, but um, Maze Runner, the Death Cure. Oh, okay. I've seen a, a trailer for it. Yeah, and uh, that's actually coming out in January. I think it is uh, next year. Oh right. So that's quite soon. Um, and it looks really like I for cinema. I mm. when I like I said when I go to the cinema, I like the film to be action packed. I don't. Do you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I wouldn't go and watch like a love story at a cinema. Yeah. I just have to go for the action. Um, <laughs> not in that way. <laughs> we did say you're an action whore. Yeah, I am an action whore, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I'm definitely looking forward to that one. Um, and that has uh, Game of Thrones Littlefinger in it. Oh yeah. Aidan Gillen's in it. Oh, he's in Peaky Blinders at the moment. Oh, is he? Yeah. I haven't seen that it's yet. It's so weird to see him. Is as it? Not, like, I know, because <laughs> you just think of him as Littlefinger, yeah. don't you? Um, so I, he's in that. And also um, Love Actually's um, Sam, Thomas Broden. Do you know, he's in Godless, that kid. Oh, is he? Yeah. And do you know the thing? He looks exactly the same, no. but a bit taller. <laughs> a bit longer. Yeah, I was. I, I remember seeing him. I was like, going, "How old is Love actually?" And he just looks exactly the same. So he's in it too. But you know that looks really good. So I'm looking forward to going to the cinema to see that. Um, and I'm also looking forward to because I love, 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 love them. The Jurassic Park film, Fallen Kingdom. Oh yeah. Which basically has Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard in it again, and that comes out I think the summer of 2018. And we also get um, Jeff Goldblum back as um ian malcolm he's back in it i know and he goes yeah. nature just finds a way i love jeff goldman <laughs> so jeff goldman. he's the type of guy that i just want to hang out with all the time 
I know. And not even He's conversely, so just listen to. Yeah, just listen. Just <laughs> tell me whatever you want. I'll, I'll sit and listen to you. I don't care what it's about. I'll just sit and listen. <laughs> yeah. um, just to watch you. Just to watch the hands the going hands. and stuff like that. Yeah. So yeah, there, there are two films, two big action films um, that I'm, I'm really looking forward to next year. Cool. I will make a trip to the cinema to see. What about yourself? Um, I'm really looking forward to something that's coming out like the next week um mm. and that is actually it probably be out when this is out oh, okay. <laughs> it's already out it's already out uh it's bright on netflix with dave by david ayer um it's got will smith and oh yes i have seen that one yeah yeah it's got will well, i've seen the clip i haven't seen that <laughs> it's got will smith and joel edgerton in and it's kind of a modern day set in this dimension <laughs> um take on like elves and orcs and stuff but in like modern day um, la and it it looks right up my street a mixture of you know <sighs> reality-based drama with like guns and violence and stuff but mixed with a bit of fantasy which is just like amazing so i'm really looking forward to I'll that i definitely give that one a go i think that's going to be my next saturday night wrapping presents <laughs> Um, and I really like David Ayer, apart from Suicide Squad, but my personal belief is he got massively screwed over. So just watch the trailer, the first ever trailer for Suicide Squad and consider that the film. <laughs> um, I'm also looking forward to um, seeing The Last Jedi, Star Wars. Um, oh. I'm probably going to go on Monday, so in our next podcast okay. I'll probably have some things to say about that. And uh, next year, yeah, I'm excited. There's a few things out, but I'll discuss those next, next year, <laughs> next year. <laughs> okay so now we've discussed stranger things we're going to jump to our flashback film club where we're going to talk about a nice christmasy film if you haven't got it from our beautiful voices it's home alone yeah, boy. <laughs> <laughs> that was the opening line, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, man, I love this film. I'm so glad we're doing a flashback film plug, uh, club for it. So this was filmed in uh, 1990. So that's uh, a long time. 27? Yeah, 27. I was trying to do that. <laughs> I worked in finance. <laughs> <laughs> I'm crap at finance. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was 27 years ago. Uh, directed by Chris Columbus, starring Macaulay Culkin, Joe Pesci, and Daniel Stern, Catherine O'Hara, John Hurd, John Candy. All the good ones. All the good ones. Oh, yeah, this was uh, also, the screenplay was by John Hughes. Yeah. Um, I who, didn't know that up until recently. Yeah, no, I, I, I knew that because I love John Hughes. Well, I do love John Hughes, but yeah, I just didn't know that. Well, I love him. It just seems a bit... However... It's not John Hughesy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. It's not about teenagers and stuff. But then I think after, on reflection, it does have like the quirky, naughty elements of a John Hughes. Yeah, and apparently I think this was his biggest grosses, grossing film. Highest grossing... Uh, oh, uh, uh, no, apparently it's the highest grossing live action comedy of all time. Yeah. That's pretty epic. That is. So this film... For those of you who haven't seen it, and if you haven't seen it, confusion, because it's everywhere and it's like the ultimate Christmas film. It's on discount Sainsbury's right now. <laughs> and it's for children and adults, um, but kids don't get any ideas. Um, but basically it's about 
an eight-year-old boy called Kevin McAllister, who uh, played by Macaulay Culkin, who is left behind at Christmas by his parents while they go off on holiday. And then lots of adventures begin. Yeah, lots. <laughs> In the form of um, two burglars known as uh, Harry and Marv. Harry! <laughs> <laughs> what you doing? <laughs> that's, that's... <laughs> what you doing? What you doing, Marv? Um, who basically uh, the holiday season they go and to people's houses who have gone away we don't call it the holiday season here though do we I'm just saying no we don't as do a the festive cultural season. you know analysis <laughs> picky picky sorry sorry <laughs> I'll let Harry describe no <laughs> the, the theme Christmas <laughs> okay so people go away in the Christmas season and uh, these uh, con men, burglars, known as the Wet Bandits, decide that this is when you can rob people's houses because they're not there. But unfortunately, one of the houses they decide to rob has uh, Macaulay Culkin in it and he is there to cause havoc. Pain. Lots of it. <laughs> yeah. The, 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 you know, when you look back at the time I watched it and I thought, oh, this is so funny, it's so great. But this kid is sick in the head. And what he actually <laughs> does... Would kill them. I think he's, it, it would kill them. It would kill them. But I think he's a ballsy kid. No, I, he is a ballsy kid. But like, he was let's... my idol as a child. Okay, <laughs> but let's face it. There's some sick shit going on there. Yeah, I don't think you could make this film today and get away with it. Because it might encourage kids It'd to do something. It'd probably be rated like 18 or something, <laughs> wouldn't it? You know it I mean? should be an 18. No. <laughs> don't listen to them, BFI. <laughs> well, the way, I mean, like the, the totally slapstick, slaps, what? It's totally slapstick. I can't mm. say that word, humour. Um, but, you know, the things that he does to them. I mean, like the the tar Set on the steps with the nails, the the flamethrower, the... Um, the <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, um, the, uh, yeah, the whole... The blow um, torch, the shards of glass, the heart, yeah. Eye into the face. Yeah, mm. the paint buckets to the face or head. Or Everything's or to the face, actually. They'd have a lot of internal, you know, situations going on. <laughs> and what, that film, Harry, there's a film, like, you know, when um, he gets the pizza and he's like, uh, leave the change, you filthy animal. What film was that from? It's not from a film, apparently. It is. It was, I, for years, I thought, oh, God, what is what that film? What film is that, that yeah. they, they reference Is that? it not a film? No, in the film, in, in Home Alone, it's called Angels with Dirty Faces. And they made it for the film. Really? Yeah. I tell you what, I'm a bit of an idiot now for not knowing that. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I genuinely thought that for years as well. Um, But I love. I mean, okay. Are you ready for this? What are you going to do? I tell you what, I'm going to give you snakes. I'm going to give you from the count of ten to get your ugly, yellow, no good keister off my property before I pump your guts full of lead. Wait a minute, Johnny. One, two, ten. Keep the change, you filthy animal. <laughs> How do you know that? I know for her. <laughs> Evidently. <laughs> Best quote ever. <laughs> but from a film that doesn't exist. Wow. I actually thought, no, I actually thought um, that was a film. Mm. I really did. It would have been a good one. It would have been a great one. Yeah. But yeah, so um, this film basically, as we said, is about a kid who is trying to kill for use of a better term he's not he's uh, just you know 
treat like sorry officer i wasn't trying to kill them <laughs> i just you know smashed them in the head and put nails in them <laughs> but he doesn't kill them does he and they yeah. stay out of his house and he manages miraculously to clean the entire house <laughs> before, before his parents yeah. get there. <laughs> Yeah, so you know what? If you want to leave your eight-year-old kids, no, 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 I do not. We do not condone leaving your eight-year-old children on no, their own. No, no, we do not. <laughs> However, how many children do they have? This has always bothered me. Do they foster? Are they all their kids? Because I mean, I swear there's like 12 kids and I know like two of them are cousins. But what about the rest of them? And I'm sorry, but Macaulay Culkin is not related to Buzz because Buzz is but ugly and Macaulay's like the cutest thing ever. <laughs> it's a bit harsh sorry <laughs> well his brother is his brother the cousin or his brother in it his real life brother was the yeah. cousin or was the cousin Fuller. I don't know I'd have to go back and look at that but yeah there were lots of children and when they were counting them she did include no because she did was that just the kids that she counted it was yeah the kids yeah yeah I don't know how many there is but yeah there were lots of kids <laughs> <laughs> you're what the French call Les <laughs> You're the one who said it first. <laughs> How many kids were there, Lorraine? <laughs> well, I don't know, Harry. How many were there? Ten, nine, nine. I thought there were twelve. She c- yeah, I swear there's twelve. Yeah. And then she counts that nosy kid's head. Yeah. I thought there were twelve. Still, you'd know if your kid wasn't there, surely. You, I mean, I Not when you've got twelve. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, That's maybe. why you only have one. <laughs> you always know when you count them. One. <laughs> Done. <laughs> I made my family disappear. <laughs> we could just quote this all day. I know. Um, no, I, I think it's great. I think it's just, it's definitely a family film. I think people of all ages can appreciate this film. And it's definitely a, the, the ultimate Christmas film. I mean, when Christmas comes around, all you hear is like, when I'm going to watch Home Alone? Yeah. When is it going to be on? Like, it, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and you probably own it. Mm-hmm. On DVD, I know I do. I'm ashamed to say I don't, and t- today I came very close to buying it, <coughs> but uh, you know, budgetary reasons I couldn't. But usually it's on some streaming site, and it's not at the moment. And I put up my Christmas tree watching it, and it's just the best feeling ever. And I just have so much fun. Um, but um, you know, when you when you think of Home Alone, I don't think you necessarily think Christmas, but then it comes to the end scenes, and he's just getting everything. Oh, do you know right. it's really Christmassy? Is the man next door when he goes to the church? Yeah. The old guy that he thinks like he thinks he's a killer he's or something. scared of him. Yeah. yeah. No, that's that's a really nice bit. It's a really touching bit. I love that bit. Um, but yeah, no, that's that's the Christmassy bit for me. Yeah, and he's just like, you know, if I could talk to my parents, I'd tell them, you know. Yeah. I'm sorry. Oh, well, is that that scene? Yeah, yeah that's that scene. When he's with him, yeah, he talks to him in the church because he he's not talking to his kids. His yeah. Son. yeah. And he, yeah, it's and he's got a grandkid. Yeah. Oh. A scene between a young character and an old character is just always good. Think about it. Like, I think it's because the young one is so innocent. Yeah. It's like a know. good night, Mr. Tom. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, when he's putting the Christmas tree and all the decorations to rights at the end and he puts the milk out and everything the night before and then like she rocks up with John Candy just dropping her off and she's just like, <gasps> and she sees him and he's got the best like dressing gown on ever. I wanted that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's where you're like that is christmas and that was it on this week's thoughtful film chat but actually kind of tv chat it was tv chat it so was. if you want you can uh feel free to email us on show me the podcast at gmail.com and if you know what's your favorite film why don't you tell us and tell us what you want to listen 
about film, TV, Netflix, Amazon, any of it. Um, tell us your thoughts and you can do that by, like I said, emailing us or you can check us out on our Facebook page on our Instagram feed, which is Show Me The Podcast. And you can also follow us on Twitter, which is SMTPcast. And where can we find you, Lorraine? Well, I personally do a blog on parenting. It's which very is, funny. <laughs> it's very messed up. Which is called Winging It, The Truth About Parenting, which you can find on WordPress. Um, but because I can't fit that name into any other page, um, apart from Facebook, that is, um, <laughs> you can also find me on Instagram at Lorraine underscore Smith. That's Smith with a Y. Or uh, Twitter, which is Lorraine Smith, again, Smith with a Y, <laughs> 74. So hit me up. And Harry, what about you? Well, I attempt to write a travel uh, blog and I also do the occasional film edit as these travels. Uh, I am Tales of Peck on WordPress, Twitter and Instagram. I also uh, create some videos with my other partner in crime, Alec, and uh, we are head productions on Vimeo. So yeah, we're migrating to YouTube at some point once I get a few more edits done. <laughs> yeah, so you've been listening to Show Me the Cock... Pop- Cock pass. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> You've been listening to Show Me the Podcast and thanks for listening. And after we come back after your festive season, and once my co-host Harry gets back from Bali, we will be discussing in episode four films that were so amazing the first time that you wish you could see them again. So we'd like to wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs>